welcome to another episode of Your Life Beyond You podcast, where we are challenging you to intentionally invest into the lives of others. I'm your host, Terrence Campbell, and I am so thankful that you took the time to listen to today's podcast. Now, remember to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite listening platform. I am doing something pretty unique and special today. And that is I am sharing with you that I have something to say. This is a special segment or a special podcast where I take the time to really talk about some current events and share with you how I am processing through this. And one of the cool things about this type of format is that it's completely unscripted. It's just off the top of my head. I'm just basically sharing my thoughts. Another cool thing with this whole layout is that you can submit questions. That's right. If you have questions, if you have something that you want me to deal with, all you have to do is shoot me an email to tcampbell at growingfaith.net and just title it, say, podcast question. So today's topic that we're going to talk through is the conviction of Derek Chauvin and just the whole idea and the emotions and the feelings and thoughts that that I experienced. And I want to say that right off the bat that it was very similar to many of you. Many of you felt the, the weight and the pressure and the anxiety and maybe the sense of fear that the jury would still, even with all of the evidence, get this thing wrong. But if you were anything like me, when you heard the verdicts read, you felt a sense of relief. And I I believe one person put it this way that I thought was so well said. And they said that I don't feel the sense of celebration, but I feel this sense of relief. I concur and I, I can relate to that. And as I watched the trial, as I considered the prosecution's case and the defense's case. And 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 as I watched and, and was just to see the images and the the videos that were shown, I, I just I put myself in the seat of the loved ones of George Floyd. I, I tried to imagine what would it be like for me to have to deal with watching a replay of my loved one's last breath, their last day on earth. How, how how devastating that would be. And not only did I put myself in the seat of the, the victim's family, but I also put myself in the seat of the offender. It may be hard for some of us to think of ourselves in that light, but here's the hardcore reality. All of us have been a victim and all of us have been an offender. And I think that it's super critical that we put ourselves in the position of both when we think through life. Otherwise, there would be no reason for Jesus to make this this statement. And that is do unto others as you would have others do unto you or forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. In other words, we have been both the victim and we have been the offender. So today I want us to think from the 
the vantage point of being the offender. The thought came to me, at what point, if at all, did Derek Chauvin realize I messed up? At what point did he realize that, you know what, I am I am making a mistake or I made a mistake. I thought about what it would have been like to be kneeling on someone's neck and back and to feel their them struggle and, and attempt to get breath and finally start to feel their body go limp, start to feel their body go limp and realize that this person is no longer breathing. To hear the the cries of the bystanders, sir, please get off of him. He can't breathe. I wonder if it was when he watched the video and perhaps it it played out differently in his in his mind that, oh, man, it was it was different than what I saw it or what I experienced. I don't know the answer to that, but I do believe that at some point he realized Gosh, I messed up. And for him, his realization of the fact that he messed up was too late. By the time he realized, man, I have messed up. I'm in trouble. The deed was already done. And now the the wheels of justice are going to be turning. And eventually I'm going to have to pay for what I have done wrong. I don't want to over spiritualize this because I do want to acknowledge the fact that we know that there is a problem in our judicial system. We we know that there is a such thing as systemic racism. We we are aware of this. We know it. But I do want to stand in the place of the offender for a moment, because whether you realize it or not, all of us have been both the victim and the offender. Now, I want to caution you here because maybe the thought is I would never do anything as egregious as that. Anybody could have seen that that was wrong. But here's the reality. The Bible teaches that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So often as humans, one of the things that we tend to do is we tend to have what we call self-righteousness. Or in other words, we measure our own righteousness based on other people instead of measure our righteousness on the standard of what God considers righteousness. All of us will have moments where we realize I messed up. All of us will have these, these moments where we realize, gosh, I think I went too far this time. And so my hope from this this talk is that that I could share with you my conviction that my desire is to never be so blind, to be so prideful, to be so caught in a moment that I don't realize when I am creeping to the edge of no return, when I am on that road to perdition, when I get to the point to where I've done something that. I can't turn back that now I am going to face the consequences of my offense. So I, I do want to call attention to the fact that anytime we are on a road 
headed to disaster. There will be people, there will be signs to warn us to stop, to warn us to turn around. You know, I can tell you from personal experience, and I believe this may be true for you as well, that any time that you found yourself in a predicament that you were at your lowest, where you were broken or saddened or hurt or disappointed or disheveled because of an outcome in your life, perhaps you took a moment and thought, you know, someone was warning me about this. That was true for Derek Chauvin. People were warning him. Perhaps he had other instances or occasions where he was being reprimanded for his his view of humanity. It was the prosecution that closed with a powerful statement. George Floyd did not die because his heart was too big. George Floyd died because Derek Chauvin's heart was too small. Yeah, maybe maybe that became something that he knew that was an issue, but refused in pride to address. So I believe that as I'm alluding to that, hey, perhaps I should look at this from the angle of not just being satisfied or rejoicing that justice was served, but perhaps I could consider the times when I wanted or cried out for grace cried out and desired someone to have mercy on me. You know, and I realize and I want it to be clearly stated that I am devastated and saddened by what has taken place and quite frankly believe that Derek Chauvin got what he deserved. However, I think it is important that I still pause and put myself in the place of the offender. Another thing that I notice as it relates to this situation is the the reality that pride can be blinding. You see the Bible teaches that just before a fall there's pride. I, th- I think it's clear that Chauvin was blinded to to what he was doing. He looked so detached, so aloof, so disjointed and disconnected from what he was actually doing. See, one of the reasons that we have to humble ourselves is so that we can see things the way they really are. Pride causes us to be puffed up, to have our thinking to a point to where we just don't see things the way they really are. Pride skews our perception and it hinders us from being able to see things as they really are. Something else that I think is is so crucial that, hey, maybe I consider just for a moment is my own reckoning, my own day of reckoning. I once heard a story about a young man who grew up in a small town who had a, an accident and it was a, a near drowning experience. And he was saved by this young college student. Well, several years later, this young man grows up and he grows up in a life of crime. He gets in trouble and he's in and out of prison until finally this last situation where he had just done it. He had messed up. And as he stood before the judge, 
the young man perked up as he realized that the judge was the man that had saved him many years earlier. And the young man in glee said, hey, I I know you. I I know you. You saved me when I was a child. And the judge said with no emotion, very firmly, back then I was your savior. But today I am your judge. You know, I think about the fact that I, too, have been offensive to God. And that someday I will stand before God and have to give an account for my actions. I'm going to have to answer for all the things that I have done wrong. But as a Christian, it is the hope and the belief and the conviction that when I do stand before God, that all he will see is the fact that I have been forgiven, that I am covered by the blood of Jesus. Now, for the listeners who may not be followers of Jesus or Christians, what that simply means is that as a Christian, we believe that Jesus paid the ultimate price for our sinfulness. And as a consequence, when we when we do stand before God, we will stand before God that Jesus would be right there with us pleading our case on our behalf, that he would be able to prove beyond reasonable doubt that we are innocent. Not because we didn't do anything wrong, but because Jesus paid the ultimate price for our salvation. So you see, I stand in the place of the offender. And I think about all the times that I have done wrong And I think about all the times that I should have been, I should have paid the ultimate price for my crime. But thanks be unto God for Jesus and and his love and his grace that he shows towards me. I'm humbled that even though I have been in the place of the offender, that now Being a follower of Jesus, I'm in the place where I have been acquitted of all wrong. I have been freed. I have been justified. I have been made righteous, not because of anything that I have done, but because of what Jesus did for me. As a result of what Jesus has done for me, there's a point of thanksgiving and gratitude that I should have to then show mercy to others. I do realize that there is such thing as a penal system and a court of law, and I can be forgiven by God, but still have to pay for my crimes here on earth. For you see, we don't get to choose our consequences. We only get to choose our actions. So it is my desire, my conviction that I have a heart that is forgiving, that I have a heart that is merciful, that I have a heart that is gracious, not that I'm weak or that I am at a place of just letting people walk over me or that I'm I have my head in the clouds or anything along those lines. No, Derek Chauvin should pay for his crime, but he should also know that he is forgiven if he asks Jesus 
to forgive him and to cleanse him of his sinfulness. For you see, Derek Chauvin is not the only offender. So am I. So are you. And so the same grace and the same mercy that we desire to have when we stand before God, we should have that same grace and mercy towards our fellow brother and sister. Does that mean that they get to just walk over us and do whatever they want? Absolutely not. God loves justice. And God is a God of justice. God is a God also of grace. So as you process through all that we see, all the injustice that our culture is plagued by, always process through this idea that not only have I've been the victim, but I, too, have been the offender. And the same measure of grace that I desire for myself or that I would desire for my loved one, if it was my loved one in the place of the offender, I would want grace for them. Justice, most certainly. But I also would want grace Well, I hope that you enjoyed today's interesting podcast. I would like to give a special thanks to the friends and partners of Growing Faith. You help to make this possible. As always, our prayer is that our lives would be so filled that it spills over into the lives of others. You have been listening to Your Life Beyond You.